I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. In today's episode of the Stephen and Kevin Show, we're going to share some simple strategies for engaging long-distance clients. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 53 of the Stephen and Kevin Show. Before we get started today, um, quick plug here. Social media automation is a hot program with the Oxley Institute right now. It's essentially you outsourcing your social media to us. Right, and it's hot because we do all the work, right? Who doesn't want marketing that's relatively inexpensive, that's really good, and that is turnkey, right? So that's why we're here. Fill out a consult form on our website if you want to talk with us. We know some of you have compliance restrictions, but we can work with most firms and put together a social media plan and implement it for you. And it's going to be better than what you have now. So Absolutely. All right. So today's topic, Kevin, simple strategies for engaging long-distance clients. This came uh, by way of one of our coaching clients. This was a question they wanted us to cover on the show. I think it was a great idea because we see this situation pretty often. So uh, I'll just read his email. He says, a couple possible questions for you and Kevin for the show. Number one, most of the families I cover are spread throughout the U.S. with a few overseas. How does one build a social relationship via long distance? Number two, most of these clients are very busy, dual working professionals. Feels like I might be stretching the bounds of the relationship when I get a precious 15 minutes with them on the phone to not have accomplished, in their eyes, anything other than an update on the kids, family, job, etc., etc. Am I looking at this wrong? He says, I'm sure I'll cover this during our coaching. We're just getting started, but it thought it might uh, benefit your wider audience from Francis. Thank you. Really excellent couple questions here and, and absolutely pertinent to the wider audience so so we can die, dive into them. But, I mean, the reason that Francis is so um, interested in the building the social relationship is based on the research, right? I mean, mm-hmm. take a look at the research right now on affluent investors. If they have a business and social relationship with their financial advisor, referrals basically double, they take your advice more, um, they're less fee conscious. I mean, it's like, it, it makes all the sense in the world to make sure that you are progressing the relationship, expanding the relationship mm-hmm. to have a social element. That's why it's so important. So the next natural focus in a coaching relationship like what Francis has is figuring out what is the structure of that getting social campaign. Right, right. And if everybody's local, make no bones about it. It's a lot easier to get social when everybody's local, okay? Mm-hmm. So we, we have to first accept that, that there there's going to be a little bit of a lesser impact with people who are remotely. But we've got to get over it and move on towards what is within our control and how can we act on people who are overseas or across the country. And it is doable. Um, so we're going to go through some of that strategy today. Um, yeah, we'll give you some specific ideas here in terms of ways to deepen the relationship. And we'll start with, with answering question one, which is basically how can you get social remotely? Right. So you're not going to invite them to lunch. You're not going to be able to invite them to client events very often because they don't live local. So number one, increasing the importance in your mind of the right type of phone calls to have with people Mm -hmm. who are remotely. Most of that relationship building is going to happen verbally over the phone. So your objective going into each, each and every opportunity on the phone is not only to cover the business at hand, but to learn something about them personally, 
and to share something about you personally. It's a give and take. You know, that's interesting because I, I was going to mention that exactly that it's, you know, building a social relationship with someone is not just about you knowing everything about them, mm-hmm. right? You have to share bits and pieces of information and you, and you have to do that sparingly, right? Yeah, you know, you just you're reading people, and that yep. flows into question number two, which we'll get to in a minute. But you're reading people as to how much of this conversation can you get into without going over the top, mm-hmm. right? So part of what it is is you're thinking about instead of getting social with people who are remotely, you're thinking more about getting personal and getting to know each other. That's more of the focal point here, right? Well, that's going to lead to a social relationship over time a little bit, but but we use the Know Your Client worksheet, right, which is a, a worksheet that uh, we use in coaching. It has lots of different fields, gives you a, an idea of the types of information that you want to be collecting. And so what you could do, Francis, is during each interaction, think, I want to fill out one of these fields. Yeah, right? not multiple, just one. Yep. And so just to give you an example, we have docu- we have places in here for you to document the other professionals they use, their friends and family members as far as contacts go. On the backside, we talk about political interests, vacation habits, uh, restaurants they like to attend. Yep. There's so many different angles you can take with this, but it helps to go in with a little bit of focus. Mm-hmm. And you might think, well, how do I get into restaurants? Or how do I get into politics without going overboard? Uh, you got to be a little creative, and that's why it takes a little bit of mental preparation in advance. So let's say, for example... Uh, you know, we, we, Kevin and I, in, in advance of this podcast, we're talking about the area of Phoenix and how much we like that area. So if I was talking to, to Kevin as my client and I'm the advisor and he lives in Phoenix, I might say, oh, so Kevin, I, I'm curious, out, out in Phoenix, how's the, uh, the Mexican food out there? I bet it's fantastic, right? right? I, so I'm uncovering some things about what Kevin likes to eat, right? Or at least you're, seg- not, you're segueing into that, that conversation. Yeah, it's not yeah. groundbreaking in and of itself, but it helps you create a profile of this person more than just their finances. I love it. Okay, so another idea here in terms of building relationships with clients who are remote um, would be during that interaction uh, is to lean more towards some sort of FaceTime, Skype, some face-to-face interaction. We know, I mean, think about this, Stephen. When we, we have coaching sessions where we do it via video, it's a different dynamic, right? Definitely different. You're seeing that person face-to-face. You can see their reactions. Um, I mean, I think you just get to know them more. Yeah, the body language, yeah. how uh, their energy level is. You can right. read people that way. So it's not that every time you call a client, Francis, that you're doing uh, FaceTime. That would get a little bit weird. Not if every, every single time. But for specific reviews, absolutely, doing more of the video conferencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, right up your alley, Kevin. Engaging them on social media is another way to, to get more personal and social with people who are abroad. Much more important. Yes. So it can be... You know, it could be LinkedIn, it could be Twitter if they have that stuff, but really what we're focusing on is a personal Facebook page. When you let people into that personal side of your life, they get to know you, you get to know them, you can interact with them regularly. Uh, we, we are big advocates of setting up lists and taking a look at the feeds from certain contacts and engaging with them. Um, it's something that we, we do for people via automation as well in terms mm-hmm. of deepening the relationship. Don't neglect that. I think that's I mean, it's 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 a changing the way people build relationships. Social media is, and you can't neglect it. Uh, next up on the list, surprise and delight. So, mm. thinking about ways as you're learning more about them, about their food preferences, about their reading habits, about their sports teams, about their kids, thinking a little small gifts you could send their way, it helps deepen the relationship. And uh, another one here would be just go visit them if you right? can. Yeah. If they are a big client and they are paying you. You know, a substantial amount per year in terms of that relationship, you get on a plane, you go visit them, 
uh, and you get some face-to-face time on a yearly basis. Especially if you have pockets of clients in certain places, it tends to be that advisors will end up with you know, a pocket of clients in the Carolinas or a pocket of clients in the D.C. area. And if you've got that going on, yeah, it makes sense once every year or two to go out and visit them. But do this kind of thing systematically so that you're planning in advance that every two years or every three years I'm going to go out and see them in person. It's worth it for the relationship management piece of it. And it's worth it because if you do it right, and this is something uh, you can certainly get some coaching on, you can start setting up events there. You can start leveraging them for connections in that same area, and it's a beautiful process. So, I was going to say, I'm going to throw in one more here, just kind of just uh, uh, off the cuff here. And this is related to the phone time that you were, you were talking about, making sure that you're being strategic. Um, also, make sure that you schedule plenty of phone time. So, like, don't back-to-back these meetings so that in case the conversation does start rolling personal, you can just let it roll and you're not in a hurry to jump into another meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just... Just a little thought there that you, you want to make sure that they feel like you've taken the time, nothing is rushed, and if they give you that opening and things get really social, you let it roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People can tell when you're rushed. Yeah. So when we think about this on two ends of the spectrum, Kevin, so if you're talking about getting social remotely with people, on one end of the spectrum, let's say you really do a poor job at this. You have two structured phone reviews every year with this person where you handle the business at hand and everybody goes about their day. How often do you think they are thinking about their financial advisor? How close do you feel that relationship would be, right? That's one far end of the spectrum. Think about the other end of the spectrum where you're calling them more regularly. You're taking an interest in their family. Mm -hmm. You're sharing them things about your family, sending them a Christmas card with your family photo on there, sending them small gifts, liking and commenting on their post, mm-hmm. right? Going out to see them every few years. That's a d- dramatically different relationship. There's no doubt in my mind that if Francis implements some of these, that he's going to start developing much deeper relationships with these remote clients. No, no, no doubt in my mind whatsoever. Right. So uh, again, put some, let's put some structure around it. Let's, uh, let's, let's, you know, plan how many of these interactions we're going to do, mm-hmm. uh, how many small gifts, how many uh, times a week are you logging into social media and all that. Uh, question number two, Kevin. Question number two is, is basically how do you interact with really busy professionals? So he was talking about, you know, a lot of these are, are dual working professionals. If he gets 15 minutes of precious time with them, you know, it feels like he doesn't want to get off track. So we're going to give you some advice there on, on ways to um, you know, maximize that time. Mm-hmm. And not annoy people if you're trying to keep them on the phone. Well, and and we all have good intuition on this. I know uh, Francis does in terms of you can tell when somebody is short on time. You can tell when somebody is ready to get off the phone with you. And Mm -hmm. if you ignore that intuition, you end up pissing people off, right? You end up (laughs) to where next time you call them, they're not as likely to pick up. Yeah. So if I know you're always wasting my time on the phone or always making chit chat when I'm busy and and I'm in the middle of uh, doing something at work or I'm trying to put the kids to bed, when I see that call come in next time, I'm going to think twice about picking it up because I know it's going to be a little while and you're tone deaf to my signals. Yeah. I mean, this sounds really bad, but I used to do this with my, my grandmother. It's true, right? I mean, like she would call and whenever she, and, and look, I, I love my grandmother, but the point is, is that I know when she calls, it's going to be a long conversation, <laughs> right? And I know that I'm going to be stuck on the phone for a while. So it basically, Look, Grammy, get to the point, okay? Busy here. You know, and um, it, it basically trained me to the point where I was like, okay, I only answer if I know I have that time. I can see the show notes now, including how to deal with busy people and how to ditch your grandma when she's taking up too much of <laughs> no, your time. No, but it's the same kind of concept, right? It is. But, so you're trying to be mindful of this, but at the same time, busy people still want to have relationships. And 
what 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 we had talked about was that when you got somebody who knows really time crunch like that, you lead with the business, you get right down to the point, and then the small talk comes at the end, mm-hmm. right? And you make as much of it as you sense they're willing to make with you, mm-hmm. right? But you lead right in with the business. One other pet peeve of mine, Kevin, because uh, I can come across as somebody who is busy and a little bit rushed, and you do as well. We got a lot going on, and so. People will often, people know that's my personality type. And I can think of two ends of the spectrum of people who call me. And one I think is really, really good, where people call, they know I'm busy, and they get right down to the point of why they're calling. Mm-hmm. They know that's my personality, and they call me and they will say, I'm going to think of one guy in particular who does this beautifully Stephen, I got three things I want to run by you today. Right, right. Here's number one. And I'm thinking, you're the man. This yeah. is exactly how I like to be dealt with. Yeah. Right. And if at the end of it, and he's like, how's Heidi doing? Yeah, great. I'll make time for that. You just respected my time by getting right down to business. Here's the pet peeve, though, Kevin, is when people know you're busy and they mention that too often in the setup and it really weakens the positioning. So, hey, Stephen, hey, I, I don't want to bug you. I know you got so much going on over there. If you just got like a minute for me, right? That does weaken your positioning. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's, it's implied that you're respecting my time if you jump right into it as opposed to a lot of the idle chit chat of like, hey, I know, I know you got a lot going on. I don't want to keep you here. No, go right into it. Hey, two things I need you for. Yeah, that's Confidence. that's good. That's really good. And, and look, I mean, it also depends upon personality styles. We're not getting too much into like into disc today and all that kind of stuff. But you are a high D when it comes to disc. What is, right? What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> My point exactly, right? No, um, but I know you're joking there. But the point is, is that I'm a little different, right? So I mean, I if I'm busy and I'm in the middle of something, then yeah, I could I could be a little bit that way. But most of the time, I don't mind a little bit of chit-chat, right? So yeah. it just depends upon the personality style for the client. Um, in this case, when Francis is, is talking about these precious 15 minutes with mm. someone, it's probably someone who might be that kind of driver personality and they're really busy. And um, so you have to be respectful. The other thing here, the other idea is to know how they like to be communicated with. Mm-hmm. So ask them. Right. We, I mean, we just wrote an article on this with, with clients uh, about personalizing the experience. Mm-hmm. Ask them, hey, for, for a quick um, communication, do you want me to just give you a call or would you rather I text you or would you rather I just shoot you an email? What's, what do you prefer? Ask them and they'll appreciate that. Yeah. And you'll often find a lot of the folks, um, we had an advisor we worked with who specialized in physicians and he said, these guys are in surgery a lot of the day. They prefer when I text them about little back and forth, you know, can you come to my event? Mm-hmm. You know, when's a good time for us to schedule a meeting? They appreciate the text. Yep. Uh, social media is also a big help there because that that's just one that, you know, most even busy people make time for. Yeah. And again, another one where you can do it on, on your time as well, and they can check it on their time. So it's not like, I mean, I think, I think this is becoming more of a generational thing too, Stephen. I mean, I, and I don't want to get too much into that, but for, for you, do you almost get annoyed at sometimes when you get a phone call from someone when it's a really simple interaction? You're revealing my millennial status here, <laughs> barely a millennial, but still, uh, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it used to be, and I can think of this change even in the last decade that it used to be all about the phone call. It was perfectly a business norm to be calling people when you wanted to get a hold of them. Now where it seems like the the social norm now is to try to set up a time to talk with them via email and then have the call. And Mm -hmm. you feel like sometimes when you're calling somebody, they're like, hey, hey, what do you want? You know, what's, what's going on? What do you want? something really important that, you know, major is going on. And, and look, I mean, and, and that's why I like, I like text as well. And I think we all do. Yeah. So So. gang, thanks for joining us today. A quick plug for coaching. If you haven't considered it yet, 
you will do more marketing and you will do better marketing if you have a coach. I like right? that. I like that. You will do more marketing. I, should, I should have been slapping the table no, as I said that, but it's true. If you come into true. a program like that and you've got one of our experts who, unlike you know plenty of other consultants out there, we have experts on our team who know the business really well. They are going to push you to do more activity. Yeah, they're going to hold you accountable to doing that activity, and they're going to show you the little you know, intricacies of executing that activity that can make the biggest difference. Yeah, so as you're wondering, oh, gosh, you know, how do I plan a small event and get prospects there and follow up? Yeah, we've been there. We do that every day. We talk to people about it, so we're good at it, and we can help you too. So thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll catch you for Episode 54. Yeah.